Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. Let's say the rapture occurs in three months. Again, let's just say it. Don't write it down. We don't know. If you've refused to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you would have heard a number of messages on how to become a Christian. When you wake up one day, drive by this church on a Saturday night or Sunday morning, and there's no policeman, I'm hoping he gets saved. If he is, he won't be needed because there won't be anybody here. The church is going to be basically empty. You're going to drive by and go, well, where is everybody? And then you're going to say, oh, you're kidding. What Pastor Mark said was true. We know that the Lord has a heart for the poor, the needy, the broken. But even more than that, he wants the unbeliever to come to know him. He has a heart for the lost. And if we seek to have his heart also, we'll make sure that we're sharing the gospel at every turn. In his grace, he offers a period of time, even after his return for unbelievers to come to him. But that time will be oppressed with all kinds of trials and for the weak of spirit will be difficult. Why wait? Make sure your loved ones, your co-workers, and even your enemies see a true and bright testimony of Jesus in all that you do. It may be the thing that opens the door for Him in their lives. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, verse 24 with our message entitled, God's Timetable for the Future, Part 2. There's a story of a man, a businessman, who left cold northern Wisconsin, how many remember those days, and went on a business trip in the winter to south, balmy, warm Florida. On arrival there, he went into the hotel and... He sent her a little email to his wife, and her name was Jennifer Johnson, and she had an email address called Jen, J-E-N, John. Well, in his haste, he mistyped in the letter her email address, and he sent it to Jean, G-J-E-A-N, John, who happened to be a woman named Jean Johnson in Duluth, Minnesota. The problem was she was a wife of a preacher who had just passed away, she had, the day before, and was buried. The pastor, getting the email, was first of all surprised. Secondly, when he read it, he completely fainted. Here's what the email said. Arrived safely, but it sure is hot down here. (laughs) Well, this morning we're going to talk a little bit about it being hot. Let me just bring you up to speed, and we're in the church age. There's coming a day called the rapture when God is going to send his son, Jesus Christ, into the air. He's not coming to earth, into the air. He's going to take us back with him. All the people that have died as believers are going to be changed into their new heavenly bodies. Those of us that are alive at that time are going to be changed, and we're going to go and be with the Lord. That ushers in a period of time called the tribulation. This is a seven-year period of time, and the real difficulty, even though there's tribulation the whole time, really, at the beginning of the three and a half years, at the end of that, in the last three and a half years, it's called the Great Tribulation. It's going to be a very difficult time, all the way up to the Great White Throne Judgment. Now, some of you this morning have never seen this, and some of you are very familiar with it. 
Some of you think we're talking about some Armageddon movie that you saw at the TV theater or whatever. This is real things all from the Bible. So just put your thinking cap on this morning. Now, during the seven years of tribulation, Christians are gone from the earth. It leaves the Satan and the Antichrist, who is going to come to power, to do his thing during the seven years, to show himself that he can rule the world. But during the seven-year time, God has his own plan. The tribulation has four purposes for God. And let me give them to you this morning quickly. First of all, Jesus is going to use the tribulation time to show his grace to believers because he's going to, number one, remove every Christian from this earth before his wrath is poured out. Currently today, we're under the passive wrath of God. In other words, he's allowing Satan to cause havoc in the world. During the tribulation period, we move from the passive tribulation and wrath of God to the absolute active wrath of God, where God is the one in charge of this. Secondly, the reason God's going to bring wrath on this world during that seven-year time to judge the sinfulness of this world. Do not think this morning, because you haven't been judged in your sin, that you're getting away with it. That will not happen. Number three, this is really the biggest key as far as the nation of Israel is concerned. God's country, God's people, or the nation of Israel, that has never changed, it never will change. We as Gentiles have been grafted in. We're kind of first cousins or whatever. We're lucky and gracious to God because he's done that for us, but the Israel as a nation, as a whole, has been placed on hold. They've been set aside because they have refused to acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Savior. During this tribulation period, and you'll see at the end when we talk about the Battle of Armageddon, that Israel will wake up as a nation and finally realize that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, came more than 2,000 years ago. Then he will, they will ask him to come and accept him as their Savior. And this is really what God's been looking for this whole time. The fourth thing is a very key element. Many people wonder when you talk about the wrath of God, how can God be that way? Where's his love? Where's his reaching out to sinful man? Well, you'll see it as we go through. During even the seven years of tribulation, many people will come to believe in Jesus Christ. The gospel will still be preached. Now, you're going to say, well, how is that going to happen when all the Christians have been removed? And really, the Holy Spirit is only here on certain individuals. How can the gospel still be preached? Well, let me give you, during the tribulation, four different groups of people that will share. First of all, Gentiles. There will be a Gentile witness. Here's kind of how it works. Even though the tribulation time will be a very destructive time, the light of God, the gospel, will still shine through in this world. Now, many Gentiles in the tribulation period will believe in Jesus Christ after the rapture. Here's how. If you're here this morning and Let's say the rapture occurs in three months. Again, let's just say it. Don't write it down. We don't know. If you've refused to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you would have heard a number of messages on how to become a Christian. When you wake up one day, drive by this church on a Saturday night or Sunday morning, and there's no policeman. I'm hoping he gets saved. If he is, he won't be needed because there won't be anybody here. The church is going to be basically empty. You're going to drive by and go, well, where is everybody? And then you're going to say, oh, you're kidding. What Pastor Mark said was true. All the Christians are gone, and you'll be left. The tape library will be very popular. 
in those days. I don't know who's going to man it, but somebody will be there. And you'll have, and that's another reason for you to get a series of tape, just mark them rapture and keep them on your bookshelf. When your relatives that don't accept the Lord, they'll have them, they'll put them in, they'll find how to come to Jesus Christ. So people will accept the Lord during that period of time. They'll get our old Bibles, they'll start reading, and they'll go in and say, you're kidding me, that stuff that he, I thought it was like Star Wars. Jesus came and I'm left. That's exactly what's going to happen. So many Gentiles will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ during that period of time. They'll realize that what took place was really true, and they will accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you're going to say, well, that's a good time to do that. That is not a good time to accept God. I'll show you why later. Secondly, in the book of Revelation, it says this, Then I saw an angel flying in midair, and he had eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. During the tribulation, God will take an angel, or angels, and he will send them to the corners of the earth, and the angels will be proclaiming the gospel and the good news. Now, man, they got to be good at that, don't they? Can you see them, the angels doing the four spiritual laws or whatever? This has got to be great. They're going to be awesome, and notice where they go. They go to every corner of the world. We heard in Mark 13 that Jesus said, all the end time things cannot happen till the gospel is preached to where? All the world. Guess who's going to do it? The angels. So the gospel is going everywhere, giving people an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ. So first of all, we have the Gentiles' witnesses. People are going to come to Christians as Gentiles. Then we have the angelic witnesses. That's going to happen. Third, we have the Jewish witness. During the tribulation, God is going to seal, protect, group 12,000 Jews from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. If your math is good, that equals 144,000. You might have heard it before by somebody knocking on your door with a watchtower. They're wrong. They're false. They're in a false teaching. Their belief is that that's the number of people that are going to go to heaven, 144,000. Aren't you glad you didn't belong to that group? I mean, that's like the lottery or something, the chance to get in. So this is not that. These are Jews that are going to accept Jesus Christ. God's going to seal them. He's going to protect them. They're going to be a great witness during that period of time. We have two special prophets. During the tribulation period, God is going to send two prophets from heaven. There's a lot of debate, and everybody thinks they know what they are, whatever. It's a lot of good things. We don't know exactly, but Elijah and Enoch probably are two. That could be Moses. We don't really know. It doesn't matter. We're not going to be here. Elijah and Enoch are the two people that were never died. They are actually translated to heaven. Now, when they come as witnesses, they're going to do two things. They're going to have tremendous power to do all kinds of healings and wonderful things. They're going to be sharing the good news. They're basically going to be based in Jerusalem. But also, they're going to bring wrath of God on people. So Satan and the Antichrist are going to be against these two godly prophets. And what it tells us, after they've shared the gospel, the good news enough, God says, your time is over. And he allows the Antichrist to come in and slay the two prophets of God. So they do die. And the unbelievers come and they mock. And they go like this. <laughs> is our God stronger than, you know, you seen the little bumper sticker, my kid can wipe out your kid or whatever. That's what they're going to say. The Antichrist, our God, Satan, can beat the God, quote, of the universe any day. Look at the prophets of God. We killed them. There they are, three and a half days. At the end of three and a half days, God's spirit comes down from heaven. He life in the two prophets. They're resurrected back to life and taken to heaven in full view of the mockers. I think there might be a little chill 
going down their back when that happens. Because, see, God won't be mocked. So we have four groups of people that are doing what? Sharing the gospel. Why? Because God's heart is for the unsaved. Even during the tribulation period, God is trying to get people to make a choice for Jesus. Now, during this very difficult time, let's turn to the book of Revelation, if you will. Keep your finger there in the book of Mark. We'll be back there shortly. This is kind of a synopsis out of the book of Mark to give you a little bit of an overview as to what's going to happen. What's going to happen during these seven years of wrath is it is not all going to be just a time of peace and prosperity, even though it looks like that from the start, because the Antichrist is going to make this covenant with Israel. Israel is going to say, you got to be the real Christ. They're going to go in. They can rebuild the temple. During this period of time, there will be still turmoil and chaos in the world. And just to show you what's going to happen during that time, even though the, the revived Roman Empire comes together, during that period of time, you're going to see actually 14 kind of judgments come out from God. Now remember, these are from God, and this is a time of wrath that's never been seen by mankind before. Seven seal judgments, seven trumpet judgments, and seven vile judgments. Let's look at Revelation 6.12 just to give you a clue what's going to happen during that time. Revelation 6.12. I watched as he opened the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake, and the sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair, and the whole moon turned blood red, and the stars in the sky as late figs drop from a fig when shaken by a strong wind, and the sky receded like a scroll rolling up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Think that might be a little uh, unearthing, to use a funny term? The princes... The generals, the rich, the mighty, and every slave, and every free man, hidden cave, and among the rocks of the mountains. Look what they cry. They call to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us, hide from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of God. See, they know where the wrath is coming from. They know it comes from God. For the day of great wrath has come, and who can stand? During this tribulation period, when we go through Revelation, you'll see it greater. Let me just give you a little idea of the suffering and death will take place. And people say, well, I'd like to be there. I want to, you don't want to be there. During the tribulation period, one-third of the trees, green grass, and human life destroyed. Boom. It's over. One-third of the sea will become blood. One-third of the sea creatures in the sea will die. The sun, moon, and stars instantly become one-third the brightness that they were before. There will be famine and pestilence. We think the Honduras thing is difficult. Wild beasts. The Bible tells us that there are going to be demonic-like locusts that come out and they torment the wicked people. The Bible even gives an illusion that they may be the size of a horse. And when they sting you with their stinger, people are going to cry, take my life, the pain is so great. But God's going to allow that sting to last with no relief. You won't be able to take your life. Now, we've been in storms here in Florida when hail comes, but you're never going to understand what's going to happen then. The Bible tells us that hail storms come that will weigh 100 pounds from the sky. Turn over to Revelation 13. Here's a number you might have heard before. Six, six, six. 
During this time, Revelation 13 actually gives us a great picture of what's happening during the Great Tribulation. We will see, listen, one world government, one world religion. We will also see a one world economic system. You say, well, that's got to be pretty good. I mean, you don't have to worry about changing money or whatever. Well, all that means is someone is in control, and it's not the one that you want. Look at verse 13. And he also forced everyone, small and great, rich or poor, to receive the mark on his right hand or on his forehead, so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. This calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast. His number is six, six, six. During the Great Tribulation, what will take place with this one world government and one economic system and certainly one religious system, which is false with the Antichrist, the false prophet will require every single individual to take the mark of the beast. Notice there, to wear it on their hand, right hand of their forehead. It's not like one of these little Disney things. You know, you get stamped for the day, you go home and say, I don't want that there, little thing, I rub it off. This is permanently put on you. In the old days, we couldn't figure how that could ever be today with a little microchip that's not difficult at all, can be implanted under your skin and they will follow you and have full control of you. Let me just say, if the tribulation happens to occur while you're living and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, or for the people that will be listening to this tape during the tribulation period, let me tell you, if you're asked to take the mark of the beast, do not do it. If you allow that chip in you, you will spend eternity in hell separated from God. So don't do it. But what's going to happen if you don't do it? Well, notice, to have the mark of the beast will require you to have it on your forehead or your hand. Then you can buy food and survive. Without it, what are you going to do? People say, well, it's no good to be a deal. I'll just store some things in Montana and go up there three years, seven years. You think so? Very few people will survive. Most people will die. And that speaks to people who say, well, I'll wait till that period of time, then accept Jesus Christ. Really? Is that really what you think you're going to You'll have the ability and the guts to stand for God then when you realize that there's no food, you can't buy anything, no gasoline, you can't, there's nothing you can do? No, it's not something you want to do. You say, this is Star Wars junk. No, this is truth. And that's why we try to challenge you. If you hear the gospel, that's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. This is not a time you want to live. You will really have to stand for Jesus Christ during those days. And Satan will be in a place now where he has, he thinks, total control. Everybody is worshiping him. That's something he's doing since the beginning of time, trying to get people to worship him. But he really doesn't have the total picture because now we come to the climactic end of the tribulation period. You're going to see two things happening. The war of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now again, the war of Armageddon is not a movie. It is a movie, but that's not what we're talking about. What you see in the Bible is really going to happen. Let's turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 13, if you will. 
During this great tribulation, we'll spend a lot more time at it when we go through the book of Daniel and Revelation. At the end of the great tribulation, the Antichrist and the armies of the world will be gathering together in the valley of Megiddo to fight the war of all wars. It'll be a series of battles, the worst in history, representing all the forces of evil and all the forces of good. During this time, Babylon will be destroyed. Jerusalem will be ravaged. Many of the Jews, up to two-thirds of the Jews, will be murdered. The Jews remaining will confess their need of Jesus Christ. They, The Bible tells us they will call for God to send the Messiah to protect them, to save them, one-third of those Jews. This is what, remember, one of the purposes that God had through the tribulation was to bring the nation of Israel where? Back to the place where they say, come Messiah. This false guy isn't it. We've known it isn't it. There is a true one. Come and save us. During this time, we see something in Mark chapter 13, verse 24, that brings us to that point. But, but signifies a new time frame or new time element, Jesus says, in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. This is a time prophesied by Joel. And then in the book of Acts, chapter 2, Peter at Pentecost mentions the same kind of time frame. Verse 26. At that time, men will see the Son of Man, Jesus, coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. What that says in the book of Mark is this. When Jerusalem has been ravaged, when all the Jews of the hope is gone, when they confess their need of the Messiah, and when their hope is gone, suddenly the scene quickly changes. Jesus, looking at verse 26, comes physically to return to this earth. How many people see him come? All eyes see him come, which is different from the rapture. As he comes, he's coming with an army of believers. Who would that be? If you're a Christian this morning and you die or are raptured before this time, praise God, you, you need to be, you better be. If you're a true Christian, who will be with Jesus? Raise your hand. Yeah, it's going to be quite a flight. We're coming back. Now, let's refresh some things because it makes a big difference later on. What kind of body will you have when you come back? The one you have right now? Oh, hallelujah, right? It's going to be a new body. It's going to be a body suited for what? Heaven. It's going to be a body suited for eternity. And you're coming back with that glorified body. We're part of that army with Jesus. Now, Jesus really doesn't need us. He's going to fight the war. But we're coming back and it's going to be a great time as we come back. Now, when Jesus comes back, he's not coming back as Savior. Remember the first time Jesus came? Little manger, human parents. Savior of the world, meek, mild. Now he comes back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We learned in today's message about the Lord's purposes for the tribulation. A time of terrible struggle, Pastor Mark outlined the reasons for the tribulation as being a time of judgment on a sinful world. 
to bring Israel to repentance and also to share His grace and evangelize unbelievers. Pastor Mark warned that it will not be an easy time full of wrath with both physical and spiritual warfare encompassing the globe. Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series the next time you join us. For those of you that like to have CD archives of Bible teachings, we'd like to offer you a CD of Pastor Mark's message from today. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5. This is only to cover the materials and shipping it takes for you to receive your CD. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option. Now, here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is MB3160. And the title of today's message is God's Timetable for the Future, Part 2. Again, the number for today's message is MB3160. And the title of this message is God's Timetable for the Future, Part 2. Or if you'd like, you can just remember today's date. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we'll hear about the tribulation coming to an end and the second coming of Christ. We'll also get a picture of the thousand-year reign of God, the millennium, when the world will be at peace in a way never seen before. Unfortunately, we'll also hear about the terrible way that peace comes to an end when the final judgment will come for everyone. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the Gospel of Mark. That's next time on Lessons for Living.